Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's guest is Charlie Johnson. Charlie is a world-renowned transformation coach, changing the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of people by getting them in incredible shape. Charlie has been a massive inspiration to me in trying to grow my business to help more people and in an indirect way has been a massive mentor to me. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for that. I feel very, I don't know, it's a bit weird emotional about that. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Um, so the big thing for like me and the way that I want to conduct and lead my life and have a legacy is to try and like inspire other people, um, not from just from like a physical point of view, from when I look jacked or like whatever. Um, it's for people to lead their own lives and to try and achieve things that mean a lot to them and fulfill them. Um, so if you say that actually generally means a huge amount. So thank you. No, not at all. Um, so Charlie, tell everyone a little bit about um, where you started off, how you ended up in the fitness industry and what you do now. Okay. So um, sport and fitness has always been a passion for me. Like when I was younger, probably I was a little, I was overweight in my early teens. So um, mentally that probably affected me a bit. I was very athletic in terms of, I used to play a lot of rugby, a lot of sports, and I was very much into that, but my nutrition was proverbially a bit of a shit show. Uh, I went through a phase, for example, where I wouldn't drink, uh, water. I would only drink orange juice when I was like 14 for a year, which obviously probably led to a rapid amount of fat gain. Um, and I was probably not diabetic from that. Um, Having come out of that phase, I got much more serious in sport. I was about 17, 18. I then got into the gym because of rugby as well. Uh, and from there, I really got a passion for like training, which I absolutely loved. Um, so I thought, oh, what I'll do is I'll become a personal trainer. I absolutely love that. And then I went to qualify as PT. Uh, respectfully to anyone who's personal trainer listening, PT qualifications are part of shit. Um, respectfully, um, they put you through them just to get the courses passed, to get a box. But like, so I was qualified personal trainer. I thought I knew the world because I had a certificate. Uh, in reality, I knew how to train within reason, but I didn't really know as much as I thought I did. Um, and I did uh, a PT for about a year. Uh, I then at the gym group in Guildford, one of the original gym groups, I think it was like 2007, uh, 2007, 2008. And then I left there to go and do a ski season, interestingly enough, because I'm a qualified ski instructor. Another random thing that I do. And I... Then came back from skiing, decided, you know what, like I love training, I love fitness, but this isn't really fulfilling me at the moment. I'm not really enjoying what I'm getting back from this. Probably at the time, I wasn't training the sort of clients I wanted to train. Um, so I wasn't finding it as fulfilling as I wanted to. Um, and I was probably missold from the PT company and what the realistic uh, outcome of what I could be doing. And I was obviously young and naive. Uh, so from there, I actually took a big change and went into the property industry. So I ended up, this is quite a funny story as well. So I actually remember when it happened, I came back from the gym and I was like, oh, I'm going to apply for a look for, look for jobs. So I applied for this job as like a letting agent. And I live, uh, for anyone who's from the UK, I live in a place called, I live in a place called uh, like Epsom, Tatton Corner at the time. And it said the, the location was like uh, Walton. So I presumed it was like this little village near me called Walton on the Hill. Uh, and it wasn't, it was actually a place called Walton on Thames, which was about 45 minutes away. Um, but I thought I'll sort of, I go for the interview, um, got the job, and then I was like, oh, I'm only going to do this for six months, commute to Ball Lake, and then I ended up being there for eight years, <laughs> which is quite funny because you know, I only applied for it by chance. And 
Uh, from there, I actually became uh, manager of the branch for about two years and really flourished within that corporate sales environment. It was uh, top of my game what I did. Um, and I, during that period of working in a full-time job in, like, in the property industry, I still had a huge passion for training, absolutely loved it. Um, but like, it, I loved it, um, but I didn't have the understanding of how to really optimally get results until probably when I was mid-20s, until the first time I actually probably really got in shape. Now, that was a real pivoting moment for me, and I suddenly realized that, oh, maybe I can do something with this. And I then also then went on to subsequently compete, uh, which is probably, the first time I did that is probably the most difficult thing I've ever done, because like physically and mentally that pushed me well out of my comfort zone and I got a lot of grief from people asking them, why are you doing this and it was all very weird and odd and people gave me a lot more grief about it I think it's probably a bit more socially acceptable now so that obviously took place um, and I just started documenting my journey more of my life and then I ended up having people uh, start to approach me to help them get in shape uh, which I obviously subsequently did. Uh, a lot of them were like friends, family, who I helped for free, got some incredible results. Uh, and then more and more people started coming to me. So I was like, oh, there's an opportunity here for a business. Like I can help people, which is my passion, transform those lives. Uh, one thing led to another. That started to escalate quite quickly. Um, I then launched um, my Shred and Eight program with the idea that I could basically transform thousands of lives uh, huge volume which I have done and then I ended up actually leaving my full-time job and then do it full-time which was 25th of February last year that I left and never looked back. Amazing um, and that's definitely something I wanted to jump into was a lot of people like a lot of people end up starting their own business or going into something like that usually they hate the job that they're in um, and they always hear people saying that the death of dreams is like having a life that's okay so it's not bad enough that you actually need to go and make a change um, but it's not good enough that it's uh, what you want to do. Like it's not fulfilling enough. So how did you kind of decide that you wanted to make a change and actually risk? Well, I won't say risk, but like take a chance on yourself and leave your full-time job, which would be considered the safe option to go and start your own fitness business, which I imagine you probably got a lot of pushback on. So respectfully at the time, I probably, I should have done it earlier. Um, I had already built it to the stage where like it, it was, I was doing really well and had a lot of clients and, but it was literally pulling me from pillar to post. So like anyone who says to me that they don't have time, I remember the summer of 2018, I was competing at that point. So I was training cardio in the morning, going to work full time, managing like a stressful environment, like being in charge of everyone and then training in the evening and then also running my coaching business and all my social medias and having a wife and all this other stuff. So if anyone says to me, they don't have time, like I found a way to do it. I was skiving off and doing a lot of work at work at the time, but that's another story. Um, so like anything is possible if you set your mind to it. And I took a huge amount of inspiration to become the person that I wanted to be because I didn't want to look back and regret an average and have an average life. Like for me, you've only got one shot. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and then I could have easily just stayed in a safe job and I just work Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't have to worry about anything, don't have to do any work, just chill out. I was getting paid pretty well. Uh, I had a very comfortable living in existence, but was it fulfilling, exciting? And was I making memories? Is actually probably a big thing. And in realistic terms, no, I was sitting on a desk all day, um, creating someone else's corporate vision and dream for them rather than 
doing what I wanted to do. So one of the big things I say all the time, and even like obviously Chris Spearman, you know, when we were in the States last week, is like the amount of memories I create on a daily, weekly basis now are insane compared to before when I was just sitting in an office all the time, like existing. Like why, if you don't risk something, you don't try to be different and try and achieve something, then what's the point in life? You're just living in fear, which I know like it's an easy, it's easier to stay where you are than to push yourself out of your comfort zone and try and become something else. But you have to sometimes have, have the courage to do so. And I still like that day I left my job is probably it was like, it's one of the most memorable days I'll ever forget. Yeah. No, that is amazing. Cause like, I think you, 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 people take for granted how difficult it probably was to go from like actually taking the risk of a safe job and something else I wanted to kind of touch on is, as you were saying, competing was something that you got a bit of pushback on when you started doing it. Um, what about like starting a fitness social media and even starting a fitness business? Like, was there a lot of pushback from your friends? Oh, yeah, like loads, absolutely loads. And so like, I categorically remember every single person who ever like put me down at the start and... To be honest with you, I remember when I was competing and I was like struggling. I was like, that was literally fuel for my fire. I was like, I'm going to show these fuckers, like, not swear, um, show these people, like, that, like, I can do this and that I'm not here to mess around with, like, anything. Like, I will achieve what I want. And for me, nothing gives me uh, greater motivation than telling someone telling me I can't do something because I can do anything I want and I just have to have, I can, you can achieve anything you want. You just have to have the, the backbone to go through it and like do what it takes to get there. Um, and like so many people are so small minded. I remember when I first started, people were like, Oh, why is Charlie posting topless selfies on the internet? Why is he doing X? Why is he doing Y? Who does he think he is? And like, like not from an arrogant point of view. Now I see these people now and I like, I just, I just smile because it's like, I look back now and this was probably like three years ago. And I'm like, those people could have crushed my dreams and I wouldn't be living the life I'm leaving because these people's small mindedness, which is why I don't think you should ever comment on if someone wants to go and become an astronaut, cool, to do whatever it takes to come and be an astronaut. Like, why should you quash someone else's dreams or have a right to do that? Because if you say that to them, like, oh, you can't do that, they might not actually go and try and achieve what they want to achieve because of your own narrow mindedness and your own negativity. Um, it's that's unfortunately the world we leave it, live in now, and that's why. I'm mentally now in a very good place, but I am very selective of who I spend my time with and who I speak with because I don't allow that sort of thought process into my world, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Um, and that is like a great way to use kind of other people's negativity, as you were saying. Use it as fuel for your fire rather than letting it kind of burn your house down, as the saying goes. Um, and what, what kind of tips would you have for anyone, let's say, that has, is in the position you were in where they have a full-time job, a lot of like, um, let's say if they have a wife or kids, they have a lot of things that they, they have to put time into and then they want to go and start their own business. How, how would you manage that? How do you balance that? Um, so I'm going to be straight up and be honest. I'm still working on the whole balance thing. So I'm not yeah. a very balanced individual. Um, so I'll be honest with that respect. That's probably a personal flaw. Um, so in that regard, what I would suggest is if you can just Create, create barriers and buffers in your life. So if you said, for example, okay, I'm going to give my tits up two hours a day to work my business. So either you get up two hours early, like say, for example, you've got a wife and you've got family, whatever. I'm going to get up two hours earlier before everyone else. I'm going to focus my business those two hours and then get out and done. 
or same thing, go to bed two hours later and get the work done then. Just try and block in like a little window of where you get stuff done. So like, interestingly, I read this in um, Craig Bellantine's book, Perfect Day Formula. Uh, I think it was and actually some podcasts I've listened to recently about like creating like buffers and barriers in your day. So I did this last night, interestingly enough, and I was like, I am going to get my work done by seven o'clock. This is the list of stuff I have to get done. And once it's seven o'clock, I am not allowed to use my laptop at all to like stop me working um, and make me more productive. And I actually did it with 10 minutes to spare. So I was like, I was pretty impressed with that. So that's, that's one thing I would recommend is to try and have structure and time limits. Otherwise, like I will just work all day and I won't necessarily, like, I'm productive, but I could be more productive from a time efficient point of view. And um, so it's just trying to make the most of every hour and every moment you have of your day. Like, like it's the same thing with life in general. I want to, you can like be obsessed uh, with what you do and with your life and just try and cram as much into it and like live the best life ever. And that's essentially what I want to try and do is do as much as possible, create as many memories as possible and impact as many people as I can. Yeah. It, um, it sounds a bit like Parkinson's law, you know, um, whatever, whatever time you give to a task, it'll occupy that time. So like if you give yourself three hours to write an Instagram post, you'll, you'll oh. procrastinate and you'll take the three hours. Or if you give yourself 15 minutes, you'll get it done. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that's uh, why like, I, I, uh, it's one of the things that used to frustrate me from my corporate job before, is they just waste time. Like, you, have, you have a meeting for an entire day where you could do it in like 10 minutes. It's just like, yeah. uh, it's just that's bizarre. That's my issue with the nine, nine to five type job, is that like you're doing nine to five, but it doesn't matter if you have two hours worth of work to whatever, you have to make it last the full day. And you don't, you don't get kind of rewarded for working harder. You just get rewarded for staying there all day. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a terrible system. That, that's one of the things that actually frustrated me most about being employed by another uh, company or whatever, is that you're actually, like when you think about it in the bare, bare raw essence, you are selling your time and your life for money. That, is, that literally is it. You are selling your life. And, and you, can't, you can't scale it because it's just, there's only a certain amount of hours that you can work and then... <clears throat> You, you have a certain, they put an, a value on how much they value your time, kind of. Um, something else I want to ask you was advice to people that are struggling to get started with their fitness, because I know probably a lot of your clientele would have that issue, to so just the actual getting themselves into the gym and, and starting making positive changes in their life. Um, so, like, the one thing I, I'm a big advocate is just taking it 24 hours at a time and just, like... Complexity is the enemy of execution, so don't try and make things too complicated and too fancy. So, like, try and whatever you're doing, like with your programming and nutrition, like to have a coach that's vital. I think, in particular, if you're a beginner, is just have something that's simple and easy for you to follow that you can adhere to. Because ultimately, you being able to stick to doing something consistently, consistently, eighty percent of the time for a period of time, is what will achieve results rather than being one hundred percent perfect for five days. And then having two days or a shit show, like that's not going to work. Um, so for me, in real terms, the most important thing is that you can have a plan and a vision of what you want to do and that you can keep consistent to rather than trying to come up with the perfect training split. Like the more I think I've learned in the last 12 to 18 months, so my own podcast where I do, I've interviewed some of the best in the world for like Joe Bennett, the hypertrophy coach, uh, Stan Effeding, um, Scott Stevenson, like hugely intelligent guys and like best in the world in terms of weight training. And like, I always ask him, so like, what's the best training split? And it's like, 
there is no best training split. It's like whatever's, whatever you can stick to and works best for you is, is, is reality. Like the most important thing when it comes to training is um, execution and uh, intensity. And that's probably another thing where a lot of people, like if you're a beginner, that's a skill you need to acquire, like training intensity. But um, that's where a lot of people will go wrong. And that's where personally I get very frustrated sometimes with coaching people, which is very rare because I get world class results. Um, but like if someone's not getting results and they're in a calorie deficit and they say they're sticking to the diet and they say they're training hard and the progress isn't coming, I'm like, something isn't right here. And then if they're, they swear blind that they're not cheating on a diet, I'm like, you're probably training like a pansy. Like I've, I remember I was with a, a friend of mine at King's Gym in Croydon. I saw one of, my guy, one of the guys who I think he'd, he was on a Shred and program. And I was watching him and I was like, the most important set most important point in the set is the last rep when you fail, like when you, when you come at the end of the set. And I was like, if you watch, I bet you if you watch him now, like the, I knew this guy wasn't progressing. I was like, if you watch him, he will finish this set before he should be finishing. He'll just stop. And I watched him and you stop. Like you should, at the point in your training, those last reps should start to slow. If you're just like banging them out and then just stop, you're realistically, you're not really causing any reason for your body to have an adaptive response to have to improve or realistically probably trying. Yeah, if you're if you're not struggling, um, you're obviously not pushing hard enough. Um, that's uh, definitely great advice for anyone looking to start. Something as well. Uh, when you kind of switched over to what you're doing now, how did you know that it was something that you wanted to do and that you were willing to put like twenty four seven into? Um, was there a point, or was it kind of a gradual thing? Um, it was a gradual process of me being confident to leave my other job and believing in myself. Um, and I think a lot of that's having the right people around you to support a network and having a life experience from that. I think from people I, I have surrounded me is very, very fortunate. I think when you know, like for me, I get out of bed every day with like, I'm excited to go and do like, I've got a massive list on my wall of like projects of things that I'm working on, which is quite daunting when I look at it now. <laughs> um, and like for me, I get excited about coming up with ideas and I'm excited every day because I have all these plans and things I want to do and how I can help people. And like for me, like even you saying it at the start of this podcast when we a bit emotional and happy, it's like for someone to say to me that I've inspired them, like it means a huge amount. So um, that for me is like really important. Great answer. Um, setting, you said there that you have like your whiteboard full of kind of your list of things to do or like your yeah. goals. How, how do you set goals and when you do, how do you break them down into kind of achieving them? Um, so generally, I will try and set a two-month goal, a six-month goal, a 12-month goal and probably like a, a longer five-year thing that I have in my mind. Um, and me being the person that I am, I'm probably relentlessly driven, which is good, but it's also bad that I never give myself credit. Um, so I'm very harsh on myself and it's only when like... I think I was on a flight to, um, where was I flying to? I think I can't remember, like back from Dubai or something into December. And I looked at a list of goals I wrote at the start of December, which were two-month goals. And I looked through them and I was like, I already ticked off three out of five of these and I've already done, it's only three weeks. But I hadn't even realized, it was just by chance I was on a plane board and looking through my phone. Um, so like, you, I think it's very important to give you context of like how far how far you've come and if you I'm big into the law of attraction like if you don't vocalize what your goals are and what you want to achieve then 
like you'll never achieve them because you don't have the confidence to put that out there and say, this is what, what I want to achieve. This is who I want to become. This is who I want to help. And if you don't have the ability to push that out there into the world and say, this is, this is what I want to do, then it's never going to happen. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, and when it comes to like, when you're setting goals, like massive, massive goals like that, that you don't think that you can achieve or that, you know, will take a lot of effort. Um, do you ever get kind of the imposter syndrome of wondering like, Daily. good enough to do this or and how do how do you deal with that if you do um i get that a lot to be honest with you um which a lot of people find surprising and i think it sounds a bit of a weird thing but it's something like i, I get quite a lot of anxiety and overwhelmed sometimes with having a lot like saying i just look at that board and like all the stuff to do uh anxiety with uh feeling a little bit overwhelmed with having a lot going on, a lot coming in at me all the time. And there's a saying that I really like, um, action beats anxiety. So for my way of dealing with everything is whenever I'm like stressed or I feel self-conscious that I'm not worthy of what I'm doing, it just makes me work harder. So I just get my head down. I'm like, let's just get on with this. Just do this, just do this, just do this. Because I take uh, a fulfillment from helping people is like the biggest thing for me, like, like inspiring people. And then secondly, is progressing in life and like just taking stuff off and achieving things. Like I'm a massive nerd for like writing a list. I've got a list in front of me now, a list of like what I need to do every day. And I get massive satisfaction with like taking stuff off. Um, so for me, like I, if I ever feel like that, I will just, it makes me work harder and just try and like do more. So like I'm big into something I like doing is uh, come up with an idea or a program or like a workout thing and like, coming up with like a vision of something and then seeing that going to the world into fruition and seeing the reaction that I get back from that, from my own thought process and something I created, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get completely what you're saying. Like actually, because if, if you just think about the big challenge ahead of you and you second that kind of imposter syndrome, you get kind of paralysis by analysis. That's the way of saying it. Yeah, I think I see that hell of a lot from people. And I think Generally, the people who tend to suffer from that worst are probably people who are perfectionists and people who are very creative. Um, so I'm, I'm not like my personal weakness being sharp is I'm a bit of a half-assed Harry. I'll just like work stuff. I think I'll just do it and I'll work it out. So I probably I'm not as uh, much of a perfectionist as I should be, which is a downfall. But it's also a massive strength because I implement and do things very very quickly and get stuff done um, rapidly. And I also think. The same thing with people who are very creative. They often um, they overthink things too much and try and things, make things too perfect when necessarily they don't. Like something getting done and being a 7 out of 10 or something being late and taking three times of wrong and being an 8 out of 10, the 7 out of 10 is going to win all day long. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'd be very similar in that way. If someone says, can you do this? I'd just be like, yep, yeah, and just kind of figure it out along the way. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a yes man when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, Something else I want to ask is when, let's say because I'm 20, so I always ask my guests this, what would be your advice that you would give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> I wish I wish I could have this conversation right now. So um, the biggest mistake I made um, was not, was having too much of an ego in my early 20s and thinking, and like, not being open-minded and thinking that I knew everything, which now I'm on the completely opposite end of the spectrum. Like all I want to do, like last night I was just booking seminars and things like that. that I want to go and do and learn. And that's for me, like 
something I've been saying a lot because I heard it when I was American. I loved it. Is life is a game of skill acquisition, and for me, it's like a, a video game, like Call of Duty. So I'm just trying to like level up constantly now, like mentally and physically. And but back then, I was too narrow-minded and thinking that I, I had the answers when I didn't. So you'll never be the smartest, the strongest. There's always someone's better than you. So try and surround yourself and learn from people who are above you and are ahead of you. And that's the fastest way for you to improve. So that's like you investing in a coach, a business mentor, uh, a trainer, therapist, whatever it might be. Like that is the fastest way to get from A to B. And like all the knowledge in the world you want is on the internet somewhere. It will answer any question you want, but you just have to go and find it and, and then implement it. But the fastest way for you to actually get results and learn is to go and work with whoever is the best within their field, which is why I have so many individual people I currently work with and worked with in the past who I basically work with them to acquire their knowledge and like be like a sponge and try and like learn as much as possible. Um, like probably, for example, my trip in the, the US in the last three weeks, I have probably learned more than most people will probably learn in three years. Probably, probably more. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those things as well. It seems the more the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, and then the kind of the more oh, yeah. you do want to learn. Um, when when you kind of switched over to the career that you're in now, was it a massive thing for you to be able to um, work from wherever you want and travel? Is that is that a big part of what you do? Uh, yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool, but it's it for me. It was like freedom. So I've always just wanted to be free and to do what I want. And this is, uh, this is one of the best moments of my life. I think I've always remembered this. The day I left my job, I basically just walked out on payday because uh, but they, they wouldn't pay me um, basically correctly after I'd given my notes and because I was on like a heavy base sales base commission. So I'm, like, I'm not going to work for free for a month. Um, so I remember it like leaving my job and then I literally, I went in the morning collecting my shit and then pissed off. And then I remember my boss at the time called me and was like, you need to come back. I was like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to listen to you. Like I can, I was like, no, I can do what I want. Like, like when you, that was a very, very empowering moment in itself. I was like, no one can actually tell me what to do. So I'm in control of my own destiny and who I want to be and what I want to do. I don't have people above me to tell me like, Oh, you have to be here at eight o'clock you have to be there at nine o'clock. Like some people might need that structure and it is a learning curve. And I'm still learning about how to master managing myself as it were because my my biggest challenge is with with myself and my own mind and keeping myself on a straight and narrow uh, as it is with pretty much everybody You're like you can achieve anything you want but you just need to be in the right positive thought process and the right environment to succeed uh, whether that be from a business point of view or from a fitness point of view if you're in a happy support network you've got a great like educated people around you then on whatever the subject is there's no way you won't succeed uh, but that was probably one of the most empowering moments of my life when they said to me like oh you need to come back i was like i don't need to do anything i'm not <laughs> see you like i can imagine i'd love i'd love to have been there to see that um what uh, you might have just answered it with that with that one but um what does success mean to you or how would you define success uh, success means to me having impact on people's lives i'm like so for me, I just want to help as many people as I can and try and like inspire as many people as I can to be happy, lead the life they want to be, be healthy, be fit. Um, a big thing that I'm very passionate about is uh, education from a nutrition and training point of view. So something I'd love to do, and I, don't, I, I haven't really been able to think how to do it, is 
Like I suffered from being overweight in my early teens would be a way to educate people within schools about how, to, uh, how nutrition actually works and how to eat and how to train and the importance of these things. Um, whether I'll be able to come up with a way to do that, I'm not quite sure. I'm trying to think of a way to do it uh, on scale, but it's, it frustrates me massively that this isn't something that's being addressed because like, I'd be putting myself out of a job, but if we fixed that at a school like education level and people understood like how to, to look after themselves correctly, which is obviously a vital skill, then you would solve the obesity epidemic, huge amounts of health problems, the NHS billions, but um, there we go. It's like, it's one of those things we're in a very funny world we live in where they believe in like the shit that say someone like Jamie Oliver or whoever like will recommend these healthy eating plans, but they're massively high in calories and they don't actually explain anything behind them. So yeah, coconut not, oil, avocado. Yeah, I guess it, yeah, the food's healthy. That's great. But it's not necessarily going to help you stay in shape or be leaner or, or keep your body weight down. Yeah. Just all them healthy fats and buzzwords like that. Um, but not much you can do about that right now, I guess. Just keep doing, keep doing what you're doing and trying to educate as many people as you can. That's what we're all trying to do, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so you're big on that. Your network is your net worth. So, and I'm of the opinion that like the people that you surround yourself doesn't necessarily have to be people that you actually see in person. Um, a lot of it can be the people that you follow online, um, podcast, Instagram and everything. So who would be people that you follow, people that you'd recommend everyone else to follow? Uh, okay. So, uh, obviously you know him well, of my great friend, Chris Spearman. So me and him go way back. We spend a lot of time together and he's had a massive influence in my life. That so he would be one person. Uh, another person I'd highly recommend, funny enough, another Irishman, uh, is Dr. Deanson Smart. So he's probably the most intelligent person I've ever spoken with in terms of uh, nutrition, health, supplements. I, I talk to, like, I'm an educated, intelligent guy. I'll talk to him on the phone about something, and I'm literally like, this is way over my head. <laughs> like, um, so, like, he comes from a massive science, science background and designs uh, tons of health supplements. Incredibly intelligent guy. He, like, why I buy into someone like that is because his core values align with mine, that he just wants to help people and he has no BS about just trying to make money from people. So he's a really, really, really good guy. I'd highly suggest people check him out. Um, so those would be two. Another one I'm a big fan of uh, is Mike O'Hearn because I like he's respectively a bit older, but he sets an ex excellent example of training nutrition Um and like for me, that's the way I see myself going is I want to be like the, the older guy in shape as I, as I age, respectively, uh, and lead by example that, that respect and inspire people. And what I also like about Michael Hearn is that like, and like a couple of other people in the fitness industry is he, a lot of people don't realize this, he's got like loads of other businesses he owns in terms of property, which is why he trains at like four o'clock in the morning every single day and why he's jacked. And like guy... Like for me, that's what I find inspiring is people who are not necessarily just successful with being in shape, but they're successful in other realms of their lives as well. Because I, I don't want to be a one trick pony of like, yeah, it's cool to have abs and be strong, but I want to have abs and be strong, have a brilliant mind. Um, like, and that probably brings me on to the last person of the four would probably be Ben Pekulski. He's another person I take a lot of inspiration from just because his, his, thought process is very in depth and his control of his mind is incredible and also in terms of him from a training perspective 
his knowledge of training execution is uh, probably second to none. Great. I follow most of those. I'll have to look up Dr. Dean. That's, that's Check out he's Irish as well, so you should know. Yeah, I know. Drop uh, him a message and say, Charlie recommended, recommended me to follow you. Yeah, will do. I emailed him this morning. So <laughs> See then if I can get him on the podcast. Um, as far as podcasts then, what podcasts do you listen to? Any ones that you'd recommend? Oh, that's a good question. Um, depends on what context and what you want to know and learn more about. I'm actually going to get my phone out to have a look at what I've listened to recently. So the one that I find just gets you like fired up in the belly a little bit that I like is uh, Andy Frisella. Uh, I think it's called the uh, Motherfucking CEO Project or something is his, uh, is his podcast. Uh, so that's very, very good. Uh, ben Bukowski's funny enough. Muscle Intelligence Podcast is very good. Um, uh, my own podcast, The Powercast, I'm going to throw that out there. And um, those are probably the main ones I listen to. I've, I listen to a few business ones that I, I like. I like um, Craig Ballantyne's Early to Rise Radio is good. Um, he's, he's very good from a timekeeping perspective of being organized, um, which is something I'm trying to focus on as I um, get busier within my life, trying to keep control so that my work doesn't become all-consuming and that I still am Charlie Johnson at time with my family and wife and whatever. Perfect. And last one of them that I'll ask you is about a book. Do you have a book recommendation that you could give to someone, even like just a general book that you think would help anyone and then something fitness-related? Okay, so <laughs> uh, two. So firstly, one book I would highly recommend uh, I found very inspiring. No, I'm going to recommend three. So first one, uh, I think it's called, it's not about the bike, it's Lance Armstrong's, I think it was called, I think it was that one, uh, from when basically this book where he got diagnosed with testicular cancer. And that was probably one of the most incredible thing, books I've ever read. And you read about how this guy is the best cyclist in the world. He's making millions of dollars, he's got a big house, Porsche and drive. And the next day he wakes up, he realizes he's got testicular cancer. He's essentially dying. All his sponsors drop him. He's got no income. And then you're like, fuck, like that could happen to like, that could happen overnight to pretty much anyone. You're like, Jesus. And then how he basically the book talks about how he fought through cancer and how he was at the point where he was still trying to ride his bike, cycling to the point where like, just try and keep himself fit, strong. Uh, where the point where like he literally like fall in ditches and stuff because he couldn't even stay on it. Um, that was like an incredible read on someone fighting adversity and then obviously how he came back um, after that's in- insane. So that's definitely something I'd highly recommend. Another one uh, similar to that is a book I'm actually currently reading at the moment, which is called uh, Your Erroneous Zones, which is actually about your mind and you having accountability and awareness of how you feel and like you feeling anxious, for example, um, which I can get a little bit, is your own conscious decision to feel anxious and how you have control of everything you do. And then my last book would be uh, Total Recall by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it's his autobiography, which is cool because, like, as I said, I take huge inspiration from people who, within the fitness industry, who are multifaceted. So they don't just, like, oh, look at me, I'm Jack, and that's all they do. Like, dude came from Austria was like known as the best bodybuilder ever and then became a movie star and then governor of California. And, but actually what people also don't realize again, whilst he was a bodybuilder, he was building a massive property empire at the same time. So like people, people like that fascinate me who are um, successful in many different areas of their life. 
and there's no reason the, the the common denominator why they're all successful is because they're very hardworking and they're very organised and driven. Great, yeah, I'll have to give all of them. I don't, I don't think I've read any of them actually, and I've been recommended your erroneous zones four times now, so I definitely <laughs> everyone's on that book. So, Charlie, I'm conscious of your time. I know you have a massive list of things to get through today. So, if you could just tell everyone where's the best place to find you. Um, tell a bit about your program, your podcast, your Instagram. Okay, so uh, exciting things I have coming up. So I've got Shredinator, like I've said to you guys, really my big point in life is to have an impact in people's lives and to try and positively impact you so you can live your healthiest and fittest, best life and teach you. So uh, which is why I launched Shredinate last year, which is like the world's number one eight-week transformation program. Um, so that's for the guys. And I've also just released uh, Sculptinate, which is a female version of the program. Um, so both those programs are available are customized eight week transformation programs, which have been up to 5,000 pounds worth prizes. Um, so for any details of those head over to my Instagram, uh, which is at Charlie Johnson fitness, drop me a message. Uh, also you could hit the, um, hit my, just drop me a message when it's probably easiest. Uh, the link in the, is in my bio for either of the programs. Uh, my podcast is called the Powercast. Um, so I've got some loads of cool episodes on there, loads of educational stuff, lots of mindset, which I'm very, very much big into. Um, I've also got a YouTube channel, Charlie Johnson Fitness, surprise, uh, and Facebook, so check me out with those guys. Um, got plenty of content on there. Like the big thing that I'd say to anyone who, whether it be your fitness goal or your business goal, is just be relentless because I'm not respectfully the most intelligent person in the world. I'm not, like people tell me I'm genetically gifted, I'm not at all, but like Chris will tell you this, like the one thing that I, like he always says that he wouldn't want to get a fight with me because I just wouldn't give up till I died. Like I just keep going because like for me, I won't, I'm not the most intelligent. I've got the best genetics, but I'm just relentlessly consistent and I'll just keep, like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually if you keep taking the right actions in life, then you get the right, rea- right reactions back and you'll end up where, where you want to be. Great advice. And thanks so much again, Charlie. This is absolutely amazing. Um, and, Thank you.